At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, fellas? Welcome back to Commas Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. Today, we are talking to Bowerman Track Club athlete, Grant Fisher. He has had a phenomenal last few months after requalifying to the Olympics last year. He just recently set the American record in the outdoor 10K and the indoor 5K. He had a phenomenal collegiate career at Stanford, and today's episode was really fun. We get to know him a little bit better. We talk about a lot of different things in this episode, honestly, so I hope you enjoy it. Right, Grant. Welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to have you on. And you've been a highly requested guest, especially since your big uh, couple races that you've had, the American records that you've set recently. So thank you for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the invite on. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I think this will be a, a fun little chat. Yeah. So, okay, to get started, do you, you want to just give us like an intro of who you are and what you're about? Ooh, okay. Very open-ended. Um <laughs> Yeah, my name my name is Grant. Um, I was uh, born up in Canada. Um, moved to the U.S. when I was about five. Grew up in a small town in Michigan. Um, I have an older sister and a younger brother. Um, and I went to Stanford. Um, ran track and field and cross country there. Loved my time there. Uh, my little brother is actually there playing soccer. Um, he's a junior, so. I try to get down to those games when I can. Uh, I played a lot of soccer growing up, so has a, a special place in my heart. He's uh, he's living out <laughs> my old dream. So sometimes I get a little FOMO, you know, watching him play. Um, not that I could have played D1. I wasn't that good. But anyway, um, yeah, graduated in uh, 2019, uh, moved up to Portland, Oregon, um, been training with the Bowron Track Club ever since. Um, so yeah, living the dream. It's been a, a fun, I guess, two and a half years as a pro. Um, and it's been a fun past couple months too. I've been having, uh, some breakout races for me. So that's been exciting. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you've already been on, you know, the top end of elite running, but like you said, the last couple months have been incredible for you. So I kind of want to take it the way back. You said that you grew up in Canada or you, you were born in Canada. I actually, right. the only April fool's joke I fell for this year on Twitter was someone saying that you were going to run for Canada now. That was the only one I actually fell for. And I was like, that's like really odd. Like, why would he choose to run for Canada? I guess when he lives here, but then I realized it was an April fool's joke. Um, <laughs> but I guess, why did you end up leaving Canada? Um, yeah. So left Canada, um, 
for my dad's work. Um, the family moved to Michigan. I actually have no like extended family in Michigan. Uh, we moved strictly for my dad's job. Um, all of my cam my family's in uh, British Columbia in Canada or in Texas. Um, so we oh. were kind of isolated out there. So I, I actually got, it, it made me get very close with my siblings and my parents, which, um, which was great, but you, you didn't get to see uh, like grandparents and cousins and stuff too often. Yeah. Um, so that was a bit of a bummer, but yeah, the, the April fool's joke was, it was pretty convincing because um, athletics Canada, which is, if people don't know, is like the, the USATF of Canada um, reached out and wanted to do a full press release and stuff. So Okay, then um, I, that makes me feel less stupid then because I really yeah, yeah. felt dumb for believing it, but people still believe it. I think I don't think they realize it was an April Fool's joke because when I told people to submit questions for this episode, people were asking why you decided to run for <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I, it was pretty convincing. Um, I mean, some of my family were convinced and were calling me, uh, depending on what side of the family they were on, they were either excited or angry yeah because <laughs> um, because half my family is is canadian and half is um you know american so yeah um yeah funny funny stuff uh, i didn't think it would uh make as many waves as it did but um <laughs> yeah i yeah a, a wide variety of responses um yeah so could yeah. you run for like canada then if you wanted to if you were like okay bye usatf i'm gonna go join <laughs> athletics canada <laughs> I, I really could. Um, I have dual citizenship, so um, I have the option. I think now that I've represented the U.S., I have to wait like two years or something before trying to represent a different country. But it, I mean, technically, it is on the table. And I think that's what made it believable. Like if people knew I had the dual citizenship. Yeah. It's not like this would be impossible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've lived in the States since I was five. Like, I feel like an American. So <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I feel patriotic. Um, so I, I like to represent the U S but yeah. Canada is on the table. I guess. Yeah. Would you like ever do it? I guess what would be the draw to do it? Um, I, I don't know. Go, go back to my roots. I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Just a bucket list item to run. Yeah. Your maybe. Home country. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, what was it like being raised in Michigan? I don't know anything about Michigan and like Michigan mm. running too. I have no idea. <laughs> Yeah, Michigan, uh, it was a fun place to grow up. I, I lived in a small town um, called Grand Blank. Uh, it was a suburb of Flint, Michigan. Um, so you're kind of like, uh, it, everyone in Michigan, I guess you said this is audio only, but you make the little mitten in your hand and you point to where you're from. Have you ever okay. seen Michigan people do that? Uh, I, I'm, I guess only you can see this, but I'm <laughs> yeah. from here. Okay, I got like, you, I yeah. got you. <laughs> and yeah, it, it was an um, awesome place to grow up. Um, you know, the, the winters are, are pretty snowy and cold. The summers are pretty warm and humid, but just a beautiful state all around, just tons of variety and places to go. And um, I have a lot of friends back home that still live there. Um, so uh, I don't get home there as often. Yeah, as I was going to ask, how, hope, how often are you going home? Yeah, well, I know well, what since... kind of schedule Jerry has you guys on. I don't know how <laughs> you would ever make your way back there other than holidays, I guess, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I'm on Jerry time now, so I, I get my like two months a year where I can do whatever I want. But uh, for those ten months, we're pretty locked in. Um, and since uh, since my little brother graduated high school, my parents have moved to Austin, Texas. So okay. um, a little less of a draw to go back to Michigan. Um, like usually holidays and stuff, I want to go to my parents' house. Yeah, uh, yeah. And most of my friends have kind of moved moved out of uh, the town that I grew up in, so yeah, there isn't as much draw, but um yeah Grand Blank will always be kind of home even though I wasn't like born there I was definitely raised there yeah 
Yeah. So how did you get into running? I know you said that you played soccer. I also read your Wikipedia before uh, <laughs> coming on here. So need to scan for accuracy there, but uh, I'm guessing you started with soccer. That's just my prediction. Yeah, that, that's a very good prediction for pretty much any runner. Yeah. Um, most people don't go straight to running. Um, I did. But... Well, actually, I went to swimming first, but I never did soccer ever. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, that's rare. Um, yeah, so I played soccer because uh, my older sister played soccer. Um, so I was always tagging along to the soccer field. So I kind of naturally fell into that. Um, I started playing when I was like four or five. Um, and I played soccer up through my junior year of high school that was my last year playing oh, so geez. um even in high school like freshman sophomore year junior year i was um doing both uh soccer and running so in the fall we had a uh, cross-country season and school soccer season so i would do both <laughs> um, that sounds so exhausting of, <laughs> i don't know how my parents did it or how i did it like thinking now to doing two practices and school would start so early. Our school started at, I think, 7.20 AM oh. every day. I don't know how we did that, but um, yeah, I would usually do school and then uh, go to track or cross country practice, depending on the season and then to soccer practice and then home for dinner. Do you ever um, think back to those days and think about like how much energy you had as a kid? Oh, because yeah. I, I like did the same thing for a while. I was swimming and running at the same time. And in high school, I played water polo and ran at the same time. And I did the same thing. And I was like, how did I have enough energy to go to two separate practices, basically back to back, maybe with like an hour in between? I don't understand. Yeah. Uh, kids are so resilient. Like I'm, I'm not like that old. I'm 24, but like, <laughs> I'm like, man, I feel so old. Like I have to do so much activation and warming up. No, that's what I mean. I feel like when I hit 22, <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, my body's like creaking now. I know. I when know. I was 18, I was on top of the world. I could do anything. I didn't even have to stretch or anything. I was invincible. Yeah. I remember being like 14 years old and like my mom would drive me to soccer practice and you just put on your cleats in the car and then hop out the door and you'd just be on the field doing like full playing. Like you, you didn't even have to worry about getting hurt. It, it, it was, you know, those I miss were the those days. days. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't know how good we had it, man. I know. Yeah. So, uh, which one did you like better? I guess. I mean, you ended up picking mm. running, but did you just do that because you were better at it or what, what was your vibe? <laughs> that, that's a good question. Yeah. So I started running in seventh grade because I wanted to get in better shape for soccer. That sounds about um, accurate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'm going to run. And some of my friends did cross country in, uh, in middle school. So I was like, Oh, I'll hang out with my friends and do this thing. We were probably running five or six miles a week. I remember our long run was two miles and we would oh, complain about it. Um, <laughs> my, my eighth grade year, I was getting tired of how grueling those two mile long oh, runs were. So I can only imagine. I, uh, I switched over to pole vault for a while during track track season. In wow. eighth grade. I was a pole vaulter. Yeah. My, uh, my PR was seven feet. That's uh, great. Honestly, yeah. congrats. That's probably better than most distance runners. So that <laughs> yeah, should be like I, your fun fact that you go into any like running situation. Just say that your pole vault PR is seven feet and people will probably be impressed. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know how when you pole vault the, the pole bends and stuff? Like yeah. I, I was so young and light. It was just like you just kind of <laughs> just flung you over, over, you know. But yeah, I I um I my heart was definitely in soccer um at that point in my life and through high school, I started to, to kind of shift. Um, I really started to like running a lot more. Um, 
I just kind of like the idea of being in control more of your own destiny and you didn't have to wait for a coach to sub you in or uh, have a ref to blame if some something doesn't go well or mm-hmm. like um, things like that. And cross country still kind of felt like a team environment, which I really liked. And I don't know, my heart started to kind of shift to, I, I really want to run. Um, and I think, you know, if you asked me my freshman year, like if I would be a runner or soccer player, I for sure would have said soccer. Yeah. Um, it was just like way more fun. You had the, like the creativity of it. You can do different things on the field. Um, whereas in running, you know, you can't be too creative. <laughs> it's in very race. monotonous. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty linear. But yeah, like I said, like I still love soccer. Uh, I still watch a bunch of it. We were at a, a Timbers game yesterday. It was super fun. Um, I love watching my little brother play. Um, but yeah, through high school, started to uh, fall for running a bit more. Yeah. And um, yeah, it turns out I was, uh, I, I realized I was pretty good at it. Um, yeah, wait, when did you I, realize? Because you were like, obviously one of the best high school runners basically ever back then. So when did you start being good? Like, were you good right off the bat when you were doing those two mile distance runs in middle school or did it kind of take a while to find your groove? I, I, I did have some early success in middle school, like in our county, I guess, or like dual okay. mates and stuff. But um, for, for what that is worth, um, when I got to high school, um, I started to have success like track season my sophomore year. Um, I actually skipped the, uh, the state championship my uh, my sophomore year because we were in the state finals in soccer the exact same day. Your um, track coach probably hated you <laughs> and also uh, hated, hated your soccer coach. I was talking with Caitlin Tui last week and we had the same conversation where soccer coaches in I think cross country just like distance coaches hate each other because <laughs> they are always feuding. Yeah. My, my coaches actually got along pretty well, although the, the track and cross country coach was always trying to, uh, I wouldn't call it poach like athletes yeah. from the soccer field, but you're always trying to like recruit those guys like, hey, you know, didn't make varsity this year. Would you rather do uh, JV soccer or would you rather be on varsity cross country? <laughs> um, you know, try to try to recruit over. But um, yeah, the guys, the coaches at my school were, were pretty understanding. I was pretty lucky. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, my my sophomore track season, I started to realize, yeah, I could be, uh, I could be pretty good. And then my junior year, I, I had a massive breakout um, and started running really well and um, carried that over to my senior year. Um, so I, um, yeah, definitely, definitely lucky to, you know, it, I feel like you definitely like things as a kid more when you're good at them. Of course. Um, I was certainly, when you're winning I, races, I, I, it feels I much better when you I'm still that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, was it, would you credit your training to kind of that breakout season or was it more just you enjoying running more and stuff? Um, I, I, I'd say it was a bunch of things. Yeah. I was, I was enjoying running more and, and to go along with that, I was training more. I was cutting out more soccer and replacing it with more running. So I was doing like a full more, more full running program. Yeah. And then I would play soccer kind of on the side. Um, there was a point where I was just showing up for the games, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sounds about right. which, which was, yeah, maybe a, a little disrespectful to the other guys on the team, but yeah, I would just pull up to the games and that was it. Well, and at least we were fit training. enough to run back and forth on the field, you know? So <laughs> yeah, exactly. I had that in the back pocket, but yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely started training more. Um, my heart was more in it. My focus was more in it and I was just older, like high school boys, like when you're going through puberty and stuff, like 
you, you don't you really get better. Yeah, it's kind of unfair. Like you just... I know it is. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, wow, must be nice. But yeah. I mean, you ended up being really good. I was reading on your Wikipedia for the stats part that I don't really know off the top of my head that you were the seventh American high schooler to break four in the mile. So that was pretty cool. Did you, I guess, expect to break four or was that kind of like, a, oh my goodness, I just made history. So I I had run well my junior year. I think I'd run, um, I think I'd run 402 my junior year. So I was like, hey, if I keep this trajectory, I think my senior year, I, I might be able to dip under four. And um, I actually tried to break four indoors at the Armory. Um, so if you want to watch an embarrassing video of oh, me, no. I'm, I'm racing at the Armory at um, the, I think it was the New Balance Nationals. And I'm all alone. I, I don't think, yeah, I, I was almost on four minute pace. I had maybe 50 meters to go and I tripped on myself and like fell off the track. Oh my gosh, and, like, I need to walk onto the infield. Yeah, it's it's quite embarrassing. So um yeah, that was that was a low. But yeah, I so I tried then to break four and I tried again at my state meet outdoor to break four both times, uh coming up short. And then uh the third like big attempt, I I finally got it and it was super exciting because that was a, a big goal of mine. And you know, there are a lot of really, really good runners that that I put my name alongside. So that that was a an awesome feeling for like just a wide-eyed high school kid, you know? Yeah. And that was like the generation coming up where, you know, breaking four in high school was like unheard of kind of. I feel like you, your generation, I mean, that's basically my generation too. <laughs> we started, I mean, I was not breaking four, but it's just started to become more normalized. But I'm, now I look at high schoolers and I don't even understand what they're doing because people <laughs> are insane now running insane times what are your thoughts on high schoolers these days um uh, you know like Hobbs Kessler or whatever he ran I don't even know what his mile time is I don't think I want to know <laughs> but what yeah what are your thoughts on that yeah yeah my kids these days they're they're doing some crazy stuff uh <laughs> the guys uh the guys on Bowerman like to remind me that uh sub four isn't what it used to be uh, yeah. that, that, I like, mean, it, it, it was legendary though it was <laughs> but it isn't I mean it still is but it's not as legendary which is sad but yeah I mean it's cool to see how many people are dipping under now I, I think you kind of get like this cascading effect of like you see one person doing it really opens your eyes um even even when I did it I wasn't the first guy in my class to Matthew Maton broke broke for like maybe two months before me um and so I don't know, you kind of get this, like this effect of you see one person do it and maybe you have better information about training and stuff. And um, I do think high school kids in general are better trained than they were 10 years ago. Um, people are just like a bit more scientific and dialed in and, and um, yeah, it's cool to see. I mean, if you're able to do something special, like why not go for it? Um, yeah. And um, yeah, so the guys like to get at me and say like, you know, tell me I peaked in high school and stuff, but then also <laughs> say that like it, uh, running under four minutes, like isn't special anymore. Um, so, so they like to take their digs, but, um, I still think it's cool. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is cool. I was going to say it was cool, but it still is cool. It's a good <laughs> memory to have. Do you ever get scared that you're going to be, get beaten by a high schooler anymore? I know a lot of pros. Are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that is a fair concern. Um, yeah, when I when I broke four, I was in a, a pro field. Um, and I'm sure like now as a pro, like it's just a lose-lose situation when you're like racing a high schooler because it's like 
if you beat them, it's like, oh, big whoop. Like you beat yeah, a high so you schooler. Should beat like, them. Yeah. But if you lose to a high schooler, it's like, man, you're a professional. You're getting paid for this. And like this kid's going to school and like just just cooked you up. So <laughs> um yeah, I, I was on the other side of that before where like I was the high school kid, like annoying the pros. Um, but yeah, now now I'm the pro, so I gotta have my guards up, you know. You can't <laughs> you can't uh can't get too embarrassed out there. Yeah. But um yeah, it, it's cool to see. I feel like U.S. distance running in general. I mean, I follow it more on the the guys' side than the women's, but the women's side too. Um, I saw the the five k uh, high school record just went down. Uh, also, that crazy. actually was it like fifteen twenty five or something. I was like, yeah. Oh my gosh! She also raced one of my like really good college teammates who won in fifteen twenty two, which was a good time for her. So I'm like, how? How are high yeah. schoolers running 1525? That makes me want to throw up. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, kids these days, I don't know yeah. what's up, but they're, they're going crazy. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's your opinion on like high schoolers skipping college and going pro? Mm. Um, I think for the right person, it's the right move. Um, like I, I think a good example of it working well is like Ajay Wilson, you know, going I think she's only like 27. I feel like she's been on the, the top of the scene for like 20 years, but uh, yeah, I mean, pro out of high school and like had a great trajectory, great coaching and is still like on top. You know, she just won a gold medal at World Indoors. I think there, there are times where some development in college, whether or not you stay for all four years, if you're really, really good, um, just a few years for the, the development and the racing of NCAAs, um, the level of NCAAs keeps getting better and better too. So it's not like you're racing a bunch of scrubs. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Those it, people are pretty like, good yeah, now too. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I, I loved my time in college. I, I'm so happy that I got a college experience. And those four years at Stanford were some of the, my favorite years of my life so far. And I'm best friends with so many guys that I met there. So um, I wouldn't trade in my college experience for anything. But I, I do think if you're really, really good, you know, like Audrey was may, maybe skipping, uh, skipping college could be advantageous in the long run. Yeah. Um, and depending but, on how much that contract is. <laughs> yeah. True. True. <laughs> Being waved in yeah. your face. Fair. Yeah. Quick little intermission here to talk about one of my favorite long-term supporters of the podcast, Green Chef. Green Chef is the first CCOF certified meal kit company that makes eating well, easy and affordable with plans to fit every kind of lifestyle. So whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, or you're just looking to eat healthier like me, there's a range of recipes to suit any kind of diet or preference. Green Chef is hands down the number one meal kit for eating well with dinners that work for you, not the other way around. They have a Mediterranean preference that packs together fresh flavors and premium proteins. And they offer 24 always changing recipes to choose from every week so you never get bored. Every single Green Chef recipe I've ever made has been absolutely phenomenal. There literally hasn't been one that I haven't liked. My favorite thing is getting my Green Chef box in the mail and knowing that I don't have to go to the grocery store because the Green Chef saves you so much time by cutting down on weekly meal planning, prepping, and grocery shopping. It's so nice finishing a long day of work and just knowing that I'm gonna have the easiest time making the most delicious dinner and you don't have to go sit in those long lines at the grocery store. It's so convenient. It's all pre-portioned, easy to follow and delivered right to your door. Right now, you can go to greenchef.com slash coldbrew130 and use code coldbrew130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. That is greenchef.com slash coldbrew130 and use code coldbrew130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. 
Now let's get back into today's episode. Uh, well, why did you choose Stanford? I mean, you probably had the world was your oyster coming out of high school. So why, why Stanny? Why Stanny? That's a good question. Um, I visited uh, Stanford, Villanova, Princeton, and Wisconsin. Um, I took unofficial visits to Michigan and Oregon. Um, oh, go Ducks. So, go, yeah. No, I won't say that. You can say that, but I won't say that. Wow, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I really liked uh, the team environment at Stanford. One of the guys that I'm currently on Bowerman with, Sean, Sean McGordy, um, was at Stanford when I visited. And his whole class, I really vibed with on my visit really liked them. I felt like they had a really nice balance of like having fun, but also working hard. I'm a bit of a nerd. So uh, the school component was important to me. Um, and uh, yeah, that those, those are big things in my decision. I was a big fan of the coach. Um, coach Milt, he now coaches at UNC. He's not at Stanford anymore, but I felt like he had, he had my best interest in mind. And really when I spoke to him, it seemed like he took a very long-term approach to training and, um, you know, could understand the the, the workload of a student athlete at Stanford. So um, I felt like I saw eye to eye with him and I felt like he understood me and uh, I thought we could um, really work well together. And uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm super happy I ended up there because like I said, it's such a, such a fun place to go to school. Awesome. Yeah. Seemed like it turned out pretty well. So <laughs> I think <laughs> yeah, you made yeah. the right decision. No but regrets it's, for it's, sure. It's good to hear about coach Milt though, because every single person I've talked to about him says the same thing, like with a long-term approach type scenario. Like I talked to Steve and I talked to Elise and they both say the exact same thing, which I feel like is rare for a college coach to kind of have that approach because they're trying to maximize, you know, that four years that they have so they can get their little bonuses or whatever. <laughs> so it is always nice and refreshing to see someone like at a power five, if that's even the right term, I don't even know the, yeah. <laughs> the lingo or whatever. Um, you know, have that long-term approach. So I guess like, how did, how did coach Mill and you kind of like handle the pressure of coming in as such a good high school runner? Yeah. Um, you know, there, there, there was a lot of pressure. Those were, I, I was a bit lucky. Like the, the whole social media thing wasn't really as much of a thing when I was in high school. So you didn't have as many eyes on you as I think kids do now. Um, so there's just a little more pressure now, but, um, you know, those are the early days of like flow track and mile split and yeah. um, runner space kind of early I'm days. So stuff. glad that we grew up without social media. <laughs> I can't even imagine what it would be like. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if I looked at like some of my tweets as like a 10 year old or something, like I would be super cringy, you know? <laughs> so I'm happy I didn't even have the option. Um, yeah. I, I think um, the pressure thing, another reason I picked Stanford was because I, I was able to come in and not be even close to being the best guy. I, I didn't want to go to a program where like I was going to be like expected to, to put out great performances as like a freshman and stuff. Um, like I didn't even work out with the top group until like my sophomore year. Um, things like that, just keeping me out of like situations where there's super high pressure, um, you know, not having a team that was like make or break on me um, where I had like a lot of older guys to look up to that really took responsibility over the team and accountability over what happened at NCAA cross and stuff. And um, through the season and we had great team culture and I think Milt was careful with um, you know, he was able to portray a really high expectation for people without adding extra pressure um, I, I think it was a great understanding of like, you and I know what you're capable of, and I think you can do great things. 
and it's going to take a lot of work and maybe several years. Um, but all that matters is, is like us, the team, the coach, uh, all that outside stuff. It's, it's just noise and, and talking. Yeah. Um, I I'd say like even, uh, the famed let's run.com wasn't as big of a thing maybe back then. Um, so that was, uh, good to stay off of, you know, as a, an 18 year old kid, you know, maybe, maybe reading the opinions of the anonymous <laughs> message boards yeah. is not the best thing for the, the psyche. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. What was your favorite me memory of your college experience? Ooh. It's like such a um, big question to ask. Yeah, that's open-ended. Um, I'd have to say the, the preseason camps. Um, I know you guys would sometimes go to like uh, Bend, I think. Yeah, we'd um, go to Bend for like two weeks or like 10 days. It was long. Yeah, I, I'd say um, those preseason camps. My freshman year, we went to Mammoth. And then we went to uh, San Diego and, or we went to Mammoth twice, then San Diego and then Bend my senior year. My favorite one was Mammoth though, my freshman year. Um, it was just so cool to be like up in the mountains with all these guys that I honestly looked up to uh, months before. Um, and now I'm teammates with them and, you know, you have all these team traditions and stuff and you're doing all these fun activities and you're a freshman. So like everything's new, you're meeting all these new people um all the people in your class like that very first camp was just so so much fun and I, I think if you ask a lot of people on the team they'll look fondly back fondly on those camps too um I, I'm sure you guys had your your own team traditions and stuff at, at the camp and like all the team bonding stuff but uh oh man that was so so fun yeah it was always fun every year to come into camp too because there it would be a whole new team and a new team dynamic yeah. kind of because you had new people yeah. I don't know about you but my every single year of college me was a different like team vibe. I don't know if that's because we had such a small team. So you had people leave and then people replace. So it really did change the dynamic, but it was just fun to meet everyone that was new and stuff. And then I'll, I'll like, when you were a freshman, like you said, everything is so new and you're just hanging out with all these people that are super good and it's very overwhelming, but like super exciting. And then it's just interesting to kind of see how that evolves and you like see the new people come in at camp. It really is an experience that's unlike any other, which, I mean, you guys go to camps now with Bowerman, but I'm sure it's not the same. Yeah. Yeah. The camps now are a little more, uh, I don't know. I don't know if professional is the word, word, a right business word trip. that's a little too obvious. And they're yeah, months they're, long. They're a bit more like dialed in. Like yeah. the, these preseason camps in college, they're, you know, you don't have school. That, that part's awesome. Um, you know, you're, you're kind of, operating like a pro because all you do is run and hang out and that's now probably what a, also made it so fun is that the school yeah. element was gone <laughs> yeah absolutely and like now when we're at camps like you kind of want to stay off your feet as a pro and like don't want to be doing all these activities but in college like you're like man i'm gonna go out we're gonna do this hike you know we're gonna go float down the river we're gonna go uh drive to this lake like we're gonna go uh i don't know sneak out at 1am and go do something stupid like uh -oh. it, yeah yeah we're <laughs> yeah we were absolutely you know wild cross-country kids but um <laughs> if you can even say that but it was uh I don't know yeah I, I agree with what you said like the, the team vibe just changes every year like the turnover in college you know you only get four to I guess now like seven years um but yeah, usually like barely. four to five years I feel like people I race in the NCAA that were literally like seniors are still racing and I'm like how are you still in the NCAA is what <laughs> yeah, I, I you're older than me it doesn't make any sense 
Yeah. Oh, I, I definitely feel that way sometimes too, but yeah, the, the team, the team vibe itself. Yeah. It changes. And like each time it's a new group and new personalities and new people to get to know. And yeah, the, the vibe of it changes and, and that's fun. Um, but I mean, it's sad to see like some of your friends graduate every year pretty much, but um, you know, you get some fresh faces and uh, some new people to meet. So, yeah. Yeah. So I was reading on your Wikipedia that you majored in engineering electrical engineering someone said yeah that sounds difficult was it <laughs> it, it was very difficult um <laughs> uh it was a grind um I was really interested in it so that made it you know a little more um palatable but yeah. like it, it was it was hard there are lots of hours that uh I was grinding away that probably were not the best thing for running you know yeah, a little detrimental to the training school. regimen <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, I had to stay two summers and take summer classes in order to graduate in four years. Um, I just, I couldn't take a full regular student course load and train at the same time. Um, it was just like too much. Um, so yeah, I had to take fewer classes during the year and then uh, like take classes in the summer to, to graduate in four years. Um, so yeah, uh, nerding out. Yeah, I, I did a lot of like programming stuff in college. So um i i actually really enjoy coding and programming and stuff oh my gosh no way me too yeah. <laughs> i literally majored in business so at university of oregon so i definitely don't know how to code but sounds really interesting and cool and would love your to pick your brain about it sometime um <laughs> I, i'm sure you can pick it up if, if you uh if you wanted to yeah if i wanted to i could probably learn how to code but do i want to do that and why would i need to do that i don't know <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So do you see yourself becoming like a, I don't, what do, what do electrical engineers do? <laughs> this is so bad. I don't know anything about engineering. So. Yeah, all good. Um, so most of what I studied would set you up for like a software engineering uh, job. Um, so most of the people I was in class with, yeah, went on to uh, be programmers uh, for like a lot of the big Bay Area companies. Sounds um, right. So that would be the 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 buzzword like Facebook, Apple, Microsoft, like Salesforce, that that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that would be what my degree would have set me up for. Um, obviously I'm not really using that right now yeah. um, as a pro runner, but maybe someday I'll get back to the tech world. Yeah, I was gonna player. ask, like, do you want <laughs> to do that after you're done running or do you want to run forever? Are you gonna be that like hundred year old man on the starting line being like, <laughs> back in my day, I studied engineering but never used it. Yeah, I'll, I'll be the like guy trying to break the hundred year old or the the yeah <laughs> the hundred and up record and be like reposted by USATF. Um, no, I I mean I I'd like to run professionally for as long as I can. I, I, some of that won't be up to me. Like at some point, your body just kind of can't take the training anymore. Like you just someday you're washed and like it, you can't, can't be a pro anymore. <laughs> um, so I know that you're come. washed. You wake up and you're washed. <laughs> Yeah, and you're like, oh, yeah. I guess my contract's up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hopefully it doesn't go that way. Hopefully it's a little more gradual. But um, <laughs> yeah, I know eventually this will come to an end. And I, I could see myself getting into, yeah, the, the tech world again. Um, after that, I, I don't think I would, I don't think I would want to be the guy that's like training insanely hard when you're like 45. But I, I could see myself like trying to stay in shape, but I, I don't think like I'd go full hardo, like, like masters. running ultras and stuff. Yeah. Or, yeah. Masters. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't think that's me. 
Yeah. Hey, at least you know that now. You can focus <laughs> well, on the now, not worry about your ultra marathon career after. So yeah, exactly. I'll try to run as long as I can, and then whenever that's over, then figure figure the rest of my life out. Yeah. So you went to Stanford 2.0, aka Bowerman Track Club. Right. Did you go there because your entire team basically went there, or? <laughs> I mean, obviously the team is very good, but why did you choose Bowerman? Yeah, uh, you know, having a lot of old teammates was certainly a perk. Um, you know, you, you just feel a little more comfortable and a little more natural. Um, it was nice my my senior year when I was looking at professional groups and professional options. Um, I, I was able to call up, you know, some of my old teammates, so that, like Sean and Vanessa and Elise and, you know, pick their brain about, you know, what did you like about Bowerman versus these other groups? And they gave very candid answers. I appreciated it. Like they weren't just like selling Bowerman on me. Yeah. Uh, they like told me all like the pros and cons and then pros and cons of other groups and stuff. So um, that was super helpful. I mean, one of the big things that, that sold me on Bowerman was just they, they have incredible athletes, incredible training partners. Um, I really wanted to be in an environment where I was going to be pushed by people that were better than me. I mean, there, there are people that I really looked up to on the team. Evan Jager, I really looked up to him. Um, you know, you had Centro just join the team. I, you know, I, I really looked up to like Ryan Hill. Um, you had Chris Derrick, another Stanford alum. Um, they, they had really good athletes. Mo Ahmed just had, had come off of a silver medal or sorry, a bronze medal at, at the world championship. So yeah, I wanted to be around really good guys and I wanted to be in like a, a high level environment, you know, that, that this, this group, I don't think is for everybody just because like it is pretty dialed in and like you have to go to altitude camps for like 80% of the year. And yeah. so you're, you're, you don't really have the freedom that you might um, in other groups uh, as far as like going where you want or like. Yeah, like a, you said, you're on Jerry time. Yeah, you're on Jerry time for sure. Um, so I, I knew what I was getting into and I knew the training was hard and kind of like I mentioned in college, like my college coach had a really long-term approach and so we might have been a bit more conservative, but then I was like, as a professional, like there's not really another level to prepare for. Well, you your ultra well running career after you're done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm. I'm playing the long game. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting ready for for the ultras when I'm 50. But yeah, th those are some some factors that, that drew me in. Yeah, how is the training? I guess different from college. Is it? I mean, I. Honestly, Carissa and I, when we were living together, like I never really asked about her training. I knew she trained a lot and I know it's very strength oriented, but like how much of a difference is it for you from college to pro? Uh, night and day difference. Really? It's, it's so much harder and it's like <laughs> so much more volume and like quality volume. So in college where I might do like five by mile, um, as a pro in Jerry's group, like I would do 10 by mile. Um, at a faster pace and so oh my that that the transition is, is kind of tough yeah. um, for for a lot of people that come in their first year and I struggled with it a ton I mean you you go from if you're in this group you probably were pretty good in college um, likely the best on your team or you know fighting for top spots in NCAAs so you're kind of used to being at the front and then you come to this group and you just get hammered you, you, get you, dropped every you get dropped all the time I it, it wasn't until my fourth altitude camp that I finished a workout. I, I hear I, horror <laughs> stories from the Bowerman altitude camps, especially yeah. people's first ones. Yeah. It sounds 
horrific to be honest but I guess you just get used to it and then you obviously run well but (laughs) I guess like how do you like overcome that time period where you're just getting destroyed um yeah it's really hard I mean mentally and physically it's it's really hard um because you know you're getting killed in these workouts um Jerry certainly doesn't baby you um it's kind of like trial by fire he calls it which Uh uh, it's a pretty hot fire um so yeah you kind of have to get beaten into the ground and fall apart before you can build yourself up with this group so um <laughs> you you really have, yeah <laughs> running sounds so fun this sounds yeah, amazing sound i love pro running yeah and so yeah during that breaking down and falling apart period uh that's like where your teammates are really important and your friends and family and stuff um leaning on them and like talking through things and my first year i had great mentors on the team um evan Evan Jager and Ryan Hill really took me under their wing when I first came out. And then my first spring with the team, the, the pandemic hit. Um, so that was like spring of 2020 and, um, Mo and Lopez really took me under their wing and really encouraged me and kind of showed me the way and, um, picked me up when I was, you know, just getting wrecked. Um, we, we actually broke off during the pandemic into small little workout groups. And so everyone was, if you remember like March and April of 2020, everyone was pretty freaked out by the pandemic. Nobody really yeah. knew what was going to happen. So we broke off and the only people I saw for about a month and a half were Mo and Lopez. And I would easy run by myself, go back to my apartment. I, I had my own apartment downtown at the time. So I wasn't living with anybody. And then I'd go to the track and just get absolutely murdered by those two. Um, <laughs> and so that they- sounds so depressing. <laughs> It, it was a it was a hard time for sure. That sounds um, awful. That sounds it, actually awful. And then meanwhile, the world is like falling apart, and you have no idea what the future is going to look like. Yeah, it was a pretty scary time. Um, but wouldn't say that was like a high point. I look back now, and it's like, <laughs> man, that made me into who I am now. But yeah, at the see, time, it was like, man, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. <laughs> yeah, <so>. exactly, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, the, the guys like they they help you along, and it, the thing is, they've been there before. And so like some of the new guys that joined the team, I'm like, Hey, I I've been there before. Like I've been in that position where you can't, you can't even get to halfway of the workout. Yeah. And, and you think to yourself, man, I, I, I want to be racing with these guys in the summer and doing just as well as them, but how am I going to get there when I can't even finish a workout with them? Um, but it's important to, to stay the course and believe in yourself and, um, you know, have good people around you that, that will help you along so yeah. made it through I survived yeah there you go yeah um is there anyone on the team that like has done really well in that time period like the first you know rookie year that they've just been able to just hop right in and mm. crush the workouts I know you're pretty new on the team so you've probably only seen yeah um I I've I had heard that Carissa did really well her first year I think her first year culminated in um in Doha so I think she made the world team her first year if I okay shout out Carissa yeah so I'd say Carissa Carissa's probably rookie of the year all-time rookie of the year on okay for for that performance I'll shoot her a text after this video she's so confused (laughs) congrats on getting all-time rookie of the year yeah a massive honor yeah (laughs) um well I mean yeah you said that you've come out of it now you've obviously accomplished a lot already were you kind of expecting to you know have that big breakthrough pretty soon. I mean, you're still obviously very young. So I guess, yeah. Were you expecting the success so soon? And also what now? (laughs) 
No, I wasn't expecting it this soon. I when I when I graduated college, I I really wanted to to break 13 at some point as a pro. And you know, if you look at how things usually go, people's peaks in as male distance runners are usually like late 20s, like mm-hmm. probably 27, 28 years old. Um, so I was like, man, if I can break 13 at some point in my career, like I'll be pretty stoked with that. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> um, and so to to do that um, this uh, February, I was kind of kind of shocked um it kind of I knew I was fit but I it's sometimes hard to like have a full gauge on your fitness like put a number to it until you like actually run a time yeah um so uh yeah I was super stoked with that one um so yeah I I had a good year last year um and kind of had a breakout season even last year Um, a good year you know a good year going to the Olympics (laughs) yeah so I yeah, that, that year came at me fast. I, I thought I had an outside chance of making the Olympic team going into last year. And then as the year went on, my, my confidence grew and grew. And then, um, you know, found myself in two Olympic finals, which, you know, is a dream come true for any kid. Like when you think about running the Olympics or the, the pinnacle of the sport. Mm-hmm. So just to be there was, was so, so cool. Um, and so I was like, man, if I can build on that, I think I, I think I'm set for another good year this year. Just got to stay healthy and, you know, be smart and um, things will come. And yeah, it, it's been a great, great start to the year. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, it's literally just getting started. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. You know, the 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 stuff has been great, really great so far. Uh, but, you know, everybody in the entire, I guess, running world has their eyes on the world championship. So yeah. there's a lot of steps that need to be taken to get there. So some uh very very exciting like stepping stones early this year um and yeah hopefully some more stuff this summer does it scare you to have run so fast already or are you like i've got more in the tank um you know i i hope that i have more in the tank i guess you don't know what the future holds always like i mean there is like somewhat of like you don't want to be the guy that like peaks out early like um I mean, you see that happen sometimes. Sometimes it's in people's control. Sometimes it's not. Um, you know, running is kind of a fickle thing. Like people can develop injuries pretty quickly, and that can haunt you for an entire career. So, um, yeah, trying to, try, that sounds try, so try, morbid. Trying to, trying to. I, I okay. I, I wasn't trying to make it sound <laughs> that bad, but like <laughs> trying to count my blessings is, is kind of the what I was trying to get get across. Yeah. Um, like things have been great so far, and. I don't want to project too far into the future. I just want to take things as they're coming and um, enjoy things because I've been having a lot of, lot of fun this year. So what's your goal, I guess, for the world championships then? Um, well, I need to make the team first. Okay. Um, that is a good goal to have, I guess, to start. So but first goal would be make the team. Yeah. Beyond um, that, if you do make the team, if you happen to make it, what is uh, the agenda? The, the goal would be to try to be in the, the hunt for a medal. Um, wouldn't have said that a year ago. I, I think I would have been more like try to get to the final and then, you know, be more of a passenger in the final. I just try to survive, um, which was more of my tactic at the Olympics that it was like, Hey, just try to survive out here. Um, but now I feel like my confidence is at a point where I can kind of be more of a, a force in these races and be near the front and battle it out with, um, guys that I thought were on another level, uh, just a year ago. And, um, I see myself able to, to, you know, be in a position where, um, ideally I can, 
fight for a medal. Um, a couple of my teammates have medals, so um, I, I'd like to grab one too. Yeah, so that they can stop, you know, <laughs> I don't know, calling your high school your peak. So <laughs> you have to show them up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. The exactly. records aren't enough. You need to get yeah. a medal. Uh, I mean, medals are, if you ask most people in the sport, they'd say they'd rather have a, a medal than a record. And I think I'd agree with them. Um, Why? Just because I guess records go down. And then how many people are really looking at second place, I guess? Yeah, I mean, yeah, the records go down. Um, yeah, maybe there'll be like a super, super spike in like 10 years and then everything's everything's done. It's just in Grant yeah. just admitted that it is the shoes. The shoes are helpful. <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly helpful. They're so nice. I haven't um, worn them. I want to wear the spike just to, I mean, I'm not racing a track race. I do not sign me up for that, but I want to try the spike because I just want to feel what it feels like. I mean, I've worn the alpha flies and the vapor flies or whatever, but I want to try the spikes. Yeah. The spikes just so, so comfortable. Yeah. Like, they're just comfy. And I, I think that's the biggest thing. Like you can just train really hard and it doesn't beat you up the same way. And, and then even in a race, like you get to that final kick and you're not as like pounded into the ground just because you have a little more comfort and foam and and yeah. stuff like that so um but yeah i i think i i think i'd rather have a medal than than a record uh, an american record i i guess like a world record i feel like i'd rather i, I guess this is kind of pie in the sky like yeah world record is pretty freaking hard to get but hey you uh, never know don't set limits yeah. on yourself grant okay yeah good point thank you yeah thank you're you. welcome <laughs> just remind yourself of that yeah that's my tip of the day at Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Um, okay. Well, I don't want to keep you on for too long, but we have some interesting listener questions. A lot of them were asking various questions, like stats about running, but I feel like you've answered those in every other podcast that you've done. So we'll make it a little bit more exciting. Um, a lot, honestly, like a really good majority of the questions or people just inquiring, they were asking if you are single or if you will date them. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I am single um will I date them sure <laughs> oh my gosh oh my yeah. gosh how many people did I accept um I don't know like 15 probably you have 15 perfect. significant others now so perfect 
Yeah, that's a lot on your plate. You better be able to yeah, handle that. Can make it work. Okay. Um, have you ever struggled with injuries? I've been pretty lucky. I haven't had a ton. Um, the the thing that has repeatedly come up in the past two, three years for me uh, are calf issues and Achilles issues. I strain my calves pretty easily um, and it can be pretty frustrating. Um, because I just have become accustomed to like what it feels like when, when you strain it. So like when it happens, I'm like, oh shit, like, yeah, you just know. Um, my remedy for that has been a lot of treatment from our PT. Um, but I'd say the thing that's helped the most with that, if anyone has been struggling with calf issues, I know it's not like what, what I've gone through might not be the same exact injury as what you get, but loading the calf with just like exercises has been super helpful. Like I, I do lifts with my calf probably like three, four times a week, um, loaded up pretty heavy, um, calf specific lifting. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very specific calf lifting. Like, um, whether it's like straight, straight leg for like the gastroc or with the knee bent for the soleus, uh, that has saved me. Um, yeah, I, I think that I, I keep doing that because I feel like it, it fends off the, the calf strains, but that's my, my nagging injury that always comes back. That's good advice. Do you have any race superstitions? Um, I always tie my right shoe before my left shoe. Okay. Always. And if, if my, if one of them comes undone, I have to like untie both of them so that I retie the right one first and then the left. Why? I don't know. How I long has I that did, been a thing? I, That's like I, inconvenient. I did that in, did that Dude, in okay, high school. Wait, you're on a run. <laughs> One of your shoes comes untied, the entire team is waiting for you, and you're like, oh, sorry, let me just untie my other shoe and then tie the right one first. Okay, <laughs> it sounds ridiculous, but I, uh, first of all, my shoes don't come untied that often. Um, I tie them very well. Yeah, I was like, so maybe double happen. knot them. Have you ever heard of that? Or, um, so they're double knotted, but uh, you know, if the left one came untied, then I can go straight ahead and retie the left one because yeah, technically easy. the right one would be tied before the left. But if my right came untied, yeah, the left would have to be undone. Oh, but it, it only really on race day. I did it. I think I think one time when I was in high school, like I feel like when I was in high school, I was super superstitious, like trying to do all this like random stuff. And then if I had a good race, I'm like, man, it was because like I don't know, I tied my right shoe before my left, and that one for some all reason. Credit has to stick. the shoe tying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it, I think it worked one time. I had a good race after I did that, and I was like, man, it must have been. It had to have been that. I guarantee you at least one person picks up that habit now from the listening to this <laughs> podcast and they're going to credit it to yeah. you. So, um, what's the least favorite workout you've ever done? Oh, least favorite. Um, probably, um, like fast long runs, like with specific paces. I'm not as, I'm not as big of a fan of those. I'm not as good at those. So that's probably why I feel that way. And like those ones early on when I was a pro, like, when you struggle on those, you're just like aimlessly grinding away by yourself as, as like so the, pack, the pack goes away. <laughs> I, I feel like every time I'm describing like what running is like, I'm, I'm focusing on the bad parts, but no, no, um, no. I, it just sounds hard, but that yeah, makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Those, those ones I are also tough, just so. asked you your least favorite workout you've ever done. Yeah, so true, it's not true. like I'm, I'm painting this in the positive light, you know? Yeah. I, I've fought some demons on some long runs just out there by myself, just, you know, get dropped by the boys but i'm better at them now so i don't get dropped as much but um still fighting yeah, I'd say long runs. yeah the demons are still there <laughs> that sounds hard that just sounds like it destroys your body too 
Yeah, they're really hard. I, they get you very strong and fit. And like, when you do feel good on a long run, it feels like you can go forever. And yeah. that's such a cool feeling, you know? Um, so you, you have the opposite end of the spectrum where it's just like, man, this feels so easy. And I'm crushing like 515 pace. Like you're just floating along, like, or it doesn't matter what the pace is like those sometimes you get that feeling of like I can go forever yeah and like someone's pushing the pace a little bit and you can keep up with them or like you're the one pushing the pace and you're like I am invincible today yeah and then you see someone in the back behind you literally dying and you're like (laughs) that sucks yeah yeah it couldn't be me yeah yeah yeah, literally (laughs) next week it is you and you're like oh yeah quick um okay what does a day in the life look like for you Ooh, um, I won't go into too much detail because I feel like these are like fast paced questions. Um, I mean, this is pretty much the last question, so you can go into as much detail as you'd like. Okay. Um, I'll, uh, I'll go for a day in the life, like just an easy run day. Okay. Um, so wake up like eight o'clock, um, get some food. Usually I'll eat like a bagel with some, uh, peanut butter, um, glass of water, do some activation drills, get out the door at nine, uh, for a run, meet up with the boys. Uh, 70 minutes is like our standard easy run. Um, so we run 70 minutes. Um, usually it's pretty light, uh, but we'll sometimes push the pace a little towards the end. Um, lots of banter and conversation and, you know, just kind of chatting and then, um, finish up with the track. A lot of times, uh, do some drills, do some strides, uh, and then uh, back to, to the house, get a, a quick bite to eat. Um, usually, again, something like smaller, but a little more substantial. And then I uh, head to the gym, um, do a gym session, um, back to the house, uh, have some like real lunch. Uh, and then it's usually like one o'clock, maybe 1.30 and uh, take a nap. And, uh, you know, I, I, I sleep a lot. I, I kind of hibernate like <laughs> uh, I'll probably I'll probably nap for like 90 minutes almost every day um and then I, I still even sleep for like like nine ten hours at night so like half my day is sleeping kind of like wow. a full full koala mode you know um anyway after I wake up um chill for a bit and then back out the door for a double um probably like 35 minutes or so uh then back to the house whip up some dinner uh, and then it's chill time. <laughs> that sounds yeah. like a very standard professional runner day in the life. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a fun life. I, I enjoy it a lot. I mean, this is like the dream life. It's yeah. it's so fun. So fun. Do you have any hobbies? I hate, I hate asking this question, but I always need to know, like, do you have any secret hobbies that you have? Cause every pro runner that I ask says no, basically because um, they, that is their life is running, which makes sense. But sometimes people have secret little hobbies. Yeah, I, my first, um, my first like year and a half as a pro, my secret hobby would be programming, um, <laughs> just like making little games and stuff. Well, that's fun. Um, since, since then, I, I, um, I'm back in school. I'm in a master's program now, so that takes a, a decent amount of my free time. Wow, um, uh, wow, so... you can handle just being a runner. You have to have <laughs> the school back in. I know, equation. I know, full, full nerd mode. So, um, yeah, back in school, that that takes up like usually my evening. Like, I'll watch a lecture and like do some homework stuff. So, um, that I wouldn't say that's a hobby, I guess. But, <laughs> no, but yeah. that that takes up the rest <laughs> of the time. Like what you're yeah, doing exactly. at the PM. Yeah. Where are you going to school? Is it all online? Um, yeah, it's all online. Uh, it's, uh, it's at Stanford. 
Um, I was in the program when I graduated, but like I took years of absences uh, when I started running pro. And then because of COVID, they moved a bunch of classes online. Um, and so I realized I could actually do the degree fully online. So I hopped back in and uh, working through. How much more do you have left? Um, I'm, uh, I'm just about 20 units down and the, it's a 45 unit major or master's. Okay. So I'm like, I don't know what that would be like 40% done. Yeah. You're approaching the halfway yeah. mark. Yeah. Getting there. Wow. Getting there. I'm, I'm trying to graduate before my brother or, or at the <laughs> same time as my brother. Yeah. Wait, um, cause you only spent four years at Stanford, right? Right. Yeah. But you started the program when you were there. Um, I was accepted for my fifth year, essentially. Oh, but you didn't take your um, fifth year. But I opted to go pro and then put the master's on hold. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why I needed this or that. Why did that conclude the podcast? I don't know, <laughs> but there we go. We have the full Grant Fisher background and I cannot believe you're going to school still, but props to you. Get that master's degree. Thank and you. And thank break you. world records. Okay, well um actually no I have one more question yeah what piece of advice do you have to your younger self Mm. um like take a step back sometimes and uh you know when you think things are super important or there's a lot of pressure on the outside take a step back and realize like you're doing this because you love it and um like all of the pressure in the world like shouldn't matter it just matters like what you think and what your coach thinks and your teammates and um, remember that like joy of running that first got you into it. And you know, when the times get, get tough. That is good advice. Running is supposed to be fun. So exactly. Yeah. Love that. Okay. Well, where can people follow you at? I know you're a social media star. You post every day on there. So. <laughs> yeah. I've been trying to work on my social media actually. Um, it's gotten better. I will say now that I like, you know, I'm looking at it every day, but I can tell <laughs> it has gotten better. You're posting more. Appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, uh, and a side hustle um <laughs> but my my instagram is probably where i post most um grant fisher underscore it's my handle grant fisher taken I, I keep hoping that the guy like gets rid of the handle i yeah, check you like, I, check, like probably, I will pay you <laughs> yeah yeah what can i do to get that um <laughs> but yeah that's probably where i post most that's that's the best way to to follow me well there you go all right grant well thank you for coming on the show Uh, To close out the episode, can we get a good old peace out, fellas? Peace out, fellas. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Commons Over Cold Brew. I hope you enjoyed it. It was really fun getting to know Grant a little bit better with a couple fun questions there at the end. I really enjoyed this episode. It was very easy to talk, talk to Grant, so I hope you guys enjoyed it too. Don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts if you love the show and, you know, spread the word to your family and friends. That means a lot to me. So thank you all so much for listening and I will catch you all next week. Peace out, fellas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.